You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something supposedly, but even though there are times we We had to go back. Debatable. <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to No Love Lost, the podcast in which we break down the greatest series of all time. Um, patently untrue. Um, <laughs> so much of that was wrong. <laughs> someone on Twitter uh, tweeted today. Uh, like it was like a film critic or TV critic, and they were like, "Oh, what is the what is the greatest series finale of all time?" Like just getting it And I was about to write "Lost," you son of a bitch, because it moves <laughs> me so emotionally. But instead, I was like, "I don't, I, I, I can't deal with this. I can't deal <laughs> you with you. Can't deal with the fallout. I can't of deal with that the fallout. Online. I'm gonna, I'm building towards it in this podcast." <laughs> but uh, someone said I was just like. The last minutes of Six Feet Under are the, like some of the greatest in television history, and then I ended uh, that. Did um, did you ever watch Turn? No, and that's a show that I hear that had I. Everyone I know who gave up on it in the first season kind of regrets it because they it got better. Um, it's excellent. Um, it's definitely a slow burn. Um, it's not for everybody. It's definitely a slow burn, but if you stick with it, it's great. Um, the last couple minutes are such a mean gut punch because history is cruel <laughs> but this isn't a podcast about history lessons or people dying on six Although, feet this is a podcast about loss what we should point out is at the time of this recording i want to say it was like this past weekend was the anniversary of the finale like yeah. It was eight years ago, and uh, so everybody from a lot of the cast members were, were tweeting old pictures and saying, like, oh, my TV guy did a little thing about it. Like, oh, we're still processing our feelings. And it's like, so are we. So are we. It's been nearly a decade. We are breaking down season one, episode 10, Raised by Another. And it's a Claire episode. And if you haven't been able to tell already, spoilers, guys. If this is your first episode, we uh, do not hold back on spoilers for the entire series. So you have been warned. Spoilers, Claire's baby will be raised by another. Um, <laughs> can uh, This is such a weird... Because for a lot of these early episodes, I've gotten a lot of like emotional catharsis going back to these early episodes. Because in a lot of ways... I feel validated for my my early love of the show by going back to season one and being like, yes, awesome. Like, this is so great. I, I loved all the structure of this story. I loved this plot line. Going back to this one, it's not that I disliked it, but I didn't feel that the same emotions that I felt like going back to Confidence Man or going back to, to Sun's episode or, or, or even to the Solitary episode that we had... Um, Last oh, solitaire no, is a very yeah, emotional no, no, episode. It's, yeah, it's great, but for whatever reason, I think I had more emotional 
stake in this episode the first time through. Can I make a guess as to why, maybe? It's a weirder episode. It starts to, it starts to get more into, for lack of a better word, magic with the psychic abilities and the things like that. So, it, so her backstory, although there are emotional... I think there's one really great emotional beat in it. It all hinges on something a little more otherworldly, whereas some of the other characters' backstories didn't. I I feel like it's partially that, although I, I will say I had a very... We'll, we'll get into it, but I had a very visceral reaction to the dream sequences, um, but not in, as you would assume, a negative way. Um, I I was... Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get into it, well, but like... Um, but I think the the real crux of it for me is less because it dealt with island magic stuff and more that sort of the crux of the actions of the psychic actually end up doing more harm than good, in my opinion. Um, and so for me, that seems like a huge flaw overall. If like If we're talking about like, oh, all this stuff was fade, it was meant to be, I'm like then why did this person do this? That, to me, makes very little sense in hindsight. Why the psychic told her to... Yeah! Well, he he really believed that the only person who can raise this baby is So Claire. he sent her to an island filled with people who want to kidnap and use her baby? Well, maybe he Fuck didn't... Fuck that guy! Maybe he didn't know about that. Maybe he didn't know what was on the island, she, but he knew that if the plan... And it didn't work out anyway, but he, maybe she knew that if well, she was that, on the island with this baby, she would be the one he, to raise that baby. Alter, but she's not! That's not what ends up happening because Kate ends up raising the baby. Spoilers. I'm saying that it's it seems like a plan that changed. That's not how it works, Megan. That's not how psychics work. He <laughs> says that in the episode. That's not how it works. I'm just saying that he was, he knew the plane was going down. He knew that she needed to be the one to raise the baby. And instead, when she comes to him, finally willing to believe him to be like, hey, I I get it. What do I need to do? He sends her to a deserted island filled with monsters. Okay. We should go through the episode because we've already gotten to the end of the flashback. I said we'll get into it. You're the one that asked. (laughs) So, well, let's start. Fuck this show. Fuck that guy. (laughs) So let's start with the dream. And the dream sequence was, I had forgotten about the sequence. I did too. Oh my God. creepy as fuck. Well, uh, real quick, do we know who wrote and directed this episode? I I can look it up real quick. Because I I want us to start like taking note of that. Because I I think we're going to start keeping patterns. Well, I always always take note when an episode's written by like Lindelof or if it's directed by Jack Bender. Those are the, because they're like, he was the mainstay director for, he directed the most episodes. But um, Claire wakes up. There's a baby crying. She's not pregnant. There's a baby crying. She stumbles into the woods. There's Locke with tarot cards, and he's got creepy backgammon eyes. This was the this was the moment. Um, I the, where I had the visceral reaction because I I had also forgotten about this dream sequence. Um, seeing Locke there with his eyes completely black i was like oh man there was a lot more foreshadowing about the the whole man in black nonsense a lot earlier on than i thought yeah. 
So like, yeah, ah, give the show some credit. They no, were I setting won't. stuff up. They they were. Would have been nice if that we didn't fuck around for five extra seasons. It's fine. <laughs> there's a crib and there's an oceanic mobile and and Claire starts freaking out to the point where in reality she wakes up, her palms are covered in blood because she had clenched her fists so hard. Uh, yeah, that it, like her nails are digging into her palms. Okay, so I looked it up. This episode is directed by Marita Grabikiak. I, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, it's G-R-A-B-I-K-I-A-K. Uh, and then it was written by Lynn E. Litt. So let's look out for more Linny Lit as yeah. we go along. <laughs> um, so Claire has woken up from this horrific dream. Uh, she's clearly stressed out. She's clearly agitated. I don't blame her. Uh, I guess this dream, though, is it's whenever you have a dream on the island, it's not really just your subconscious. It's also the island messing the with island you. Fucking with you. This fucking island. Now. <laughs> I think we can go back to the flashbacks now, and let's see how Claire got there. Yeah. So how'd she how'd she get into this position where she's waking up screaming with bloody palms? Uh, it started with Thomas, her artist boyfriend. I gotta tell you, um, I really love the performances in um, in this first flashback sequences with sequence with her just the the whole like oh, oh the the sort of like despair that comes with like uh we didn't plan for this what are we gonna do um the performances were were top notch and it actually did turn into a very tender moment um i really liked the scene you know what they were really good at they were really good at i mean this sounds so stupid but it's not easy to do they were good at feeling naturally young and yeah. youthful in in their arguments and there's a moment when she's going to the psychic a few scenes later in the flashback and she's walking with a friend of hers and even the way it's shot it's a little handheld it's a little like it feels like loose like just like young girls out it, having a good time it feels carefree but yes. not in like the the vapid or superficial way that you know, we'll see with Shannon later on. Yes. Um, it, it feels that very young, um, very romantic. That That's the word. It's very, these early scenes up until they actually get to the mo mo moment of the, the psychic, it's very romantic. It's very um, rose-tinted glasses of, like, what it's like being in your, like, early 20s and everything like that. And, you know, they're, they're you know, clearly they are, completely unprepared to have a child yeah but they're they in a very young romantic way they're like we're gonna give it a go even though claire's mother apparently has disowned her which i don't remember all the reasons why i'm sure we'll get them in flashbacks claire's father as we know is spoiler alert christian shepherd I gotta say, I completely for up until you brought it up a couple weeks ago, uh, I had completely forgotten that Claire and Jack were brother and sister. They're, they're, yeah, <laughs> they're half brother and sister. Yeah, I had completely forgotten about that, and like knowing that they're brother and sister puts a completely different spin on their dynamic, 
Which is kind of sad because ultimately I don't think it amounts to much. But you know what? I don't – watching this stuff on the island, I'm actually – with that foreknowledge, I'm surprised I don't think about that more. I haven't it's, been thinking that. It that, seems though. like a relationship that when you find out, you're like, whoa, they're, they're brother and sister. And then it never goes anywhere. Like I feel like they don't – maybe I'm – not remembering or maybe i missed an episode in the initial run but like i feel like they never really bond as brother and sister and i i feel like a sibling relationship no, because, never develops because between. by time jack learns this fact claire's alone on the island raising a dead squirrel baby <laughs> where's my squirrel baby <laughs> so oh, okay gosh. so you know things are Claire's excited about this baby and her relationship with Thomas, and she goes with her friend to see a psychic, and the psychic does the creepiest thing a psychic could do in the middle of reading your tarot cards or palms or whatever the hell they do. He freaks out. He's like, take your money back. I can't read this. No, no. Totally unprofessional. Totally unprofessional. Okay, you, I, you goddamn lie. They gave you your money. <laughs> you fucking lie. I wrote this down in my notes. I wrote ethics of a psychic, <laughs> question mark, because she later, I mean, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but she later visits psychic again, and he like, doesn't want to. Now, here's the thing. If I went to a psychic, and in a world in which I believe in psychics, which is not a world I live in. <laughs> But if I, or if I were to go to a psychic and the psychic's like, what I see is too dark and horrific, I can't tell you. It's like, fuck you. You have an ethical responsibility to tell me what is this darkness. What is the, what is the psychic Hippocratic Oath? <laughs> you have to tell me how to combat this darkness, psychic. <laughs> well, and, and also I feel like, have you, so you've never seen a psychic. Like, no, not I'm, even for for like kicks and giggles. No, no one's no one's ever said, "Hey, Will, let's go see a psychic for for shits and giggles." But I have a feeling you might. Um, I, I've I've for 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 shits and giggles purposes, I'm I'm much uh, the same with you. I don't believe in any of that nonsense. Um, I I I'm like in a weird sort of state in terms of like what I actually believe in. Um, I right now I'm sort of like I'm former Catholic, more agnostic. Um, or raised Catholic, I suppose you could say the, I, I, so I don't really believe in like psychics and things like that. However, you put me in the same room as a Ouija board. I say, bye. No, I'm not messing with it. If somebody starts dealing out tarot cards and I get the death card, I'm going to be like, um, I have follow-up questions. <laughs> you, you know what? I think I'm on the same page, although I don't find myself in these situations a lot, but it's it's like mm, there's some bad juju going on here. Like we gotta we gotta back off. I'm gonna uh, like I, I definitely know a lot of people who claim to like live in haunted houses and things like that, or claim to have gone to places that are haunted when weird things start happening. And I'm like, you have fun in that scenario. Check please for I was, me. I'll tell you what. And and then very quick sidebar. I was in a scenario with a friend of mine, who. In my presence, suddenly started acting very strange, like very strange out of nowhere. And then she abruptly stopped. And her husband said, yeah, well, she's possessed by a ghost. And this <gasps> happens sometimes. What? And 
Stop. No. I, I swear to God. And here's the thing. Although I don't believe any of this is true. It creeped me out enough that, like, I think about it often sometimes when I'm alone in the dark. <laughs> the, uh... Um, like we, we get on Jack's case about being a skeptic, but like we're, we're in that same boat, just living in real life. Well, that's why I think it's probably why I like Locke more as the series goes on than Jack, because I would love there to be magic in the world, but I don't think like I'm the guy who I know Bigfoot doesn't exist, but wouldn't it be great if we discovered Bigfoot because then there'd be magic. Same with Chupacabras. (laughs) Chupacabras would be great. Okay. Um, but, But, uh. But my, my point in all that, it, actually, one more quick sidebar. We have a mutual friend who, for lots of kicks and giggles, um, messes or, or used to mess around with Ouija boards. We have a mutual friend. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll have to tell you a story about this mutual friend when we're done recording. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but yeah, point being, this, this is the first time, I will say this episode is the first time where drama feels manufactured in this show. Um, I don't buy the psychic being like, ah, like this entire psychic subplot. I don't buy it. I don't feel like it works within the context of the, the, the overall meta narrative. I just feel like it's kind of sloppy in all honesty. This is, this is the first episode where I feel like the psychic thing and the, the thing we'll talk about soon, it, it feels like manufactured drama as opposed to everything that we've seen leading up to this so claire has a a fight with thomas thomas was not ready to have a child he is not handling this well i i i this is the other thing where i think it's a little bit manufactured that being said we're meant to you know claire is just as blindsided as we are yeah and he gets very accusatory as if this was some way to trap him in this relationship yeah, or something. Yeah, he's like, he, he he was the one that convinced her that it was possible for them to create a family yeah. together, and now he's accusing, he's gaslighting her. He's, he is he's, gaslighting he's her. He's absolutely gaslighting her so he doesn't have to hold himself accountable. And, and this painful breakup of him leaving and leaving her in the lurch is what causes her to go back to the psychic, where the psychic well, reluctantly... Yeah agrees to give this this reading and and, okay here's what i think is manufactured about it i don't think the storyline of the psychic i actually think that's weird and fun and i like that the psychic puts her on a plane that he knows is going to crash in the island because i think that's a an interesting level of of fucked up and it it sets up this greater mystery of what's with her child but i will tell you what feels completely manufactured and maybe it's the performance and maybe it's the writing but the fact that the psychic is so like no i don't want anything to do with this to i'm going to pester you about like why if if this was so important why didn't he do this from the start what why didn't he pester her that she has to raise the child from the start maybe my problem with it is that i don't remember because I I'm I'm with you I in I remember the first time I watched this episode I was I you know I was just as enthralled as I have been with all the other episodes like oh something mysterious is happening what is the psychic seeing um, I think for me a big problem is like I look at this and I'm like what significance does Aaron play again I'm does in he the, amount to anything 
as a person it was would he have become an evil megalomanic maniac uh would he have become possessed by the man in black um you know had had people not gotten him off the island if he was in danger like what was he in danger of if claire had just raised him on her own or given him up for adoption what was what was he in danger of was like whitmore or somebody looking to like kidnap shepherd's grandchild like why was it important that aaron both be not on the island and raised by claire and then if that was the case then why send him to the island admittedly i have forgotten some of aaron's importance yeah and is he important i don't think he is i and look we're gonna get into this 50 episodes from yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's but, the thing. This is a journey. This is a journey. And and sometimes I remember things very clearly about the show, and sometimes I don't. And Aaron, the importance of Aaron, I forget other than maybe being symbolic in some way. And my gut says it's a, uh, it's a setup that's never fully realized until we have lost the next generation about Aaron <laughs> and Walt and you know you know some other maybe lost babies hanging out <laughs> lost babies we make our dreams come true so the psychic says to Claire you have to raise this baby your inherent goodness is the only thing that and Claire's a good person but she's like nope I'm giving a baby up for adoption sorry and the psychic is calling her all hours of the night. Which I'm surprised that, like, that, that scene where she's like, why do you keep calling me? You've been calling me for months. I'm going to child, you know, services tomorrow. Like, I'm really surprised that that scene wasn't actually Claire picking up the phone and then hanging up the second she heard his voice. Yeah. <laughs> like, that that whole scene, maybe this is what I'm talking about. Like, that whole scene well, met, felt like it was meant to just convey exposition as opposed to, like, well, it was, it was exposition, but I mean, I guess if I want to make the argument of she tells him I'm like, she's basically, she talks to him on the phone this time to be like, this is happening tomorrow. Go yes. scratch. But if it's done, if he's been pestering her for months, then he should already know this information. It's just like I said, this this well, is the first if, episode that feels manufactured. If to he's me. a psychic, he should already know this information. <laughs> Wait, then, then why didn't you predict where I'm gonna be tomorrow? Because shut up. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Mania. It doesn't work. Oh, that way. oh, okay. I you can sum up this whole goddamn show with well, why do why can't Island Magic do this? Why can't Island Magic do that? It doesn't work that way, Megan. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Don't wait. No, I think there are certain rules to Island Magic. Yeah, the problem is that those rules keep changing and they're never made explicitly clear. If you're gonna have magic in your universe, I you would, need I hard would, rules no, no. for your magic. I would argue that the rules don't change but i will argue that they aren't made explicitly clear (laughs) i will agree with you on that now so this though produces one of my favorite scenes of the episode though her and she goes she's gonna give the baby up for adoption and they're very clear like you're giving up all rights to this child which i could never imagine 
such a thing. Ugh. Like, dude, even if I was adopting the baby, I think I'd feel so much like, guilt whoa, about it. Like, like this would be my kid, but, you know, maybe. But, but the, I get why they do yeah, that. No, I get, uh, but it's like, I've, it's very upsetting. I've never found... gone through a, a sort of legal process like that. But, yeah, it makes sense that you would have to go through that sort of thing in order to prevent there being a custody battle yeah. later on. Down it makes the road. sense, but I find I find I find that all upsetting and maybe it's also because I'm watching this after watching news stories about parents whose children have been taken away from them that's yeah. going on right it's, now. It's so it's heart wrenching. So watching this scene, I actually found the scene very emotional and she goes to sign it and the pen won't work. And then another pen won't work. And it's a sign from Island Magic. Don't call it that. <laughs> don't you dare call it that. Well, I'm not going to call it don't that. Don't take I'm gonna... away the beauty of this moment by by slapping Island Magic Wait, onto so it. Wait, so you think it's just a coincidence that none of the pens work? No, it's clearly a sign. I'm not going to give it to Island Magic, though. I will give it to maybe God or Gaia or whatever it is that Claire God, believes that in. Is, God is Island Magic. The island is God. The center of the island is God. That's we'll held get, there by a giant cork because we'll, this show is stupid. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But Claire, uh, it won't work, and she re- and I, she realizes, okay. I I love that that one hundred percent falls in line with not only with the manufactured psychic plot, um, which feels forced as all hell, but like it falls in line with her as a person because she she's young and. But, you know, it's made very – she was dating an artist. You know, she she's definitely the type of person to believe in signs, to believe in, um, you know, astrology things and, and to, like, take it with a grain of salt and have fun with it. But, like, she's the type of person that can recognize a sign when it's right in front of her. And at this moment, like, even just, like, talking about the scene when you're, like, going through beat by beat, I'm getting goosebumps and the hair is standing up on – it just occurred to me that Claire is every girl I see on Tinder who's spiritual but not religious. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah. Like, it, it completely lines up with her character. She seems to be the type of person to believe in fate. Yeah. Um, and that sends her right back to the psychic who says, and, I got this couple in and, L.A. Yeah. And it, it sounds like she, you know, she was living this very you know free lifestyle up you know like i said she was the reason her boyfriend broke up with her is because she was doing everything responsibly when she became pregnant she was she was very she was hanging up drapes they got drapes now hanging up drapes she was having doctors up like she was being a grown-up about she was and even like it sounded like even the plans that they had that night like oh so-and-so wants to have dinner with her they sounded very adult plans like very like going out to dinner as adults not like just like dicking around well, the apartment we're with going a to the club yeah yeah we're going <laughs> to the club um but she goes back to the psychic after the the pen incident and the psychic's like i got this couple in life here's the flight take this flight this oceanic flight also she, it's going to be less money than the other couple would have given you i'm just saying <laughs> she, and he's way like, to drop the ball psychic and she's like this flight's tomorrow morning i can't take that flight and he goes it has to be this flight and at this point because of the the pen fate and all this stuff i think she's prime and also the fact that she is has 
doubts clearly about motherhood herself if she's going to give up the baby like how hard this will be yeah. understandably it it's the perfect storm that he's able to get her on to the plane which gets her into a scenario where she wakes up screaming holding her palms so tight that they believe i i will say that i'm i'm kind of with you in that regard first time i was watching through i loved the idea of him purposely putting her on that plane my biggest problem is that when she comes to him for aid, if he had just been honest with her and given her an honest reading and been like, hey, this is the danger that I see surrounding this. You need you need help raising this child. Find someone to help you raise this child. Um, you know, and because she she came to him with an open mind by se- I love the idea I mean, of him sending her to the island. The biggest pro- like I love that idea. The biggest problem with that is that he has now condemned her to the most dangerous situation for her child when she was willing to take the steps to do what he was asking of her. And then, like, he sends her directly to the place where there are people who actively want to steal her baby and things for her, sending her to this island dooms her. As a person, it destroys her. Yes, but he's only thinking about the child. but she's the one that needs to raise it, unless that's a lie. We've already, we have established that he's a fucking liar. So maybe all of this is just a lie. And this is the man in black manipulating him to be like, send me this girl who's about to give birth so that we can have a baby on the island because we're evil and stupid and our rules don't work for some reason. Here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the problem with this psychic storyline. And again, I guarantee you, as we go through, there'll be things about Aaron that I remember and be like, oh, well, that kind of combats that a little bit. But at the end of the day, he sets this up, this psychic, and the writers set this up as this kid's the Antichrist. This kid's Damien. Like, it's set up that whatever about this kid, there's an evil, a darkness around this child that only her good can combat. It's like she's the only one who can, you know, raise the devil to be good. I mean, that's what it. I mean, it's kind of what time, it sounds like. Yeah, a that's bit, what yeah. it sounds like. In the first time I watched this all those years ago, I'm like, oh, this kid's gonna be fucking like a uh, Satan child. But it, in it never comes like. Well, let's get to the island because okay. we got it. We got to get to the island. I know there, there's more stuff to talk about. We've got to go back. Rabble, um, rabble, rabble. <laughs> so Jack is examining her, and you know he's asking about like her. Can, he's surprised her OBGYN like let her fly. And can can I like that. can I make just a, a kind of meta note right sure. here? Um, I, I'm not going to rag too heavily on Jack for assuming that this might be a hallucination brought on by stress. You know, a couple episodes ago, he was seeing his dead dad walking around. Um, or their dead dad walking around. Ah, that's fun. Um, so I don't want to rag on him too hard. But, like, as a real-world thing, it's actually very believable that um, a male doctor would be very dismissive of well, a pregnant woman's pain and anxiety well i mean you're talking about after she's attacked yeah but um when when not she, necessarily after the dream because the yeah. dream clearly could be an anxiety thing. yeah 
Um, but like after she's attacked, like just as a meta note, there are a lot of doctors in this country who don't listen to women when they say they're in pain and uh, don't believe them. In, in Jack's defense in this scenario. There's, there's the precedent. Ni- there's because precedent because the-, the night before she had had uh, insane, which was clearly a dream, and which she was and, even hurting herself with. So, and, and, and so I, it, I, that's it, it why I say up, I don't want to rag on yeah. him too much. I'm just saying, like, I, I have a buddy who works at um, a documentary company, um, and they just did a documentary about endometriosis. So, if you're interested in that, go go check that out. We're gonna start a whole endometriosis. Uh, Endo endometriosis. Endometri- <laughs> Well, it's, it's a, <laughs> not it's even a, close. It's a word I know, but I can't pronounce. But long story short, like in the, the current climate of 2018, seeing Jack tell Claire that she's basically crazy, um, which is how she takes it, not what he says, but how she takes it. It For me, it hits a lot more close to home in 2018 than it did back in 2007. But the episode... 2004, whenever this was. The episode does set it up in a way... For us also, very much. Yeah. So what happens in the in the scene, uh, well, first, Jack comes to this realization, this baby is coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. And she's going to have to have this baby on the island. No sign of rescue anytime soon, and no anesthetic. And Charlie's trying to be comforting Charlie with, with Claire and everything. And then the next night happens. She has dream, question mark, of somebody... Attacking her, stabbing her with a needle. She freaks out, understandably. Jack thinks it could be a hallucination. Hurley, though... Well, Charlie does not. Charlie believes her because Charlie wants to believe her. I love what you're about to talk about so much. But with Hurley? Yeah. But Hurley comes up with another... Hurley is continually, for a guy who's not necessarily a leader now uh and it's interesting seeing the seeds of the practical leader things that he has within him that he probably doesn't even realize the golf course is actually a great example of that it was something they like, needed it's something he recognized that the people need and this is another thing he realizes um yeah i was asking i forget the guys he said but i was asking i was talking to so-and-so and so-and-so and then i was like who are these people we need it, to figure out. It occurred out. to me, who the hell are Jeff and Steve? Or yeah, I think, that's what, I think that's what it's Jeff and Steve. And he's, I'm going to go, I'm going to go off and do a census. So we know at least who we are living with here. I'm going to table that while we finish off Claire. I'm just saying that uh, his mom, his interaction with Locke is yeah, freaking priceless. We'll, we'll get there. Because <laughs> uh, I want to I do the Hartley yeah. stuff a little separate. So then Charlie is, we got to find the son of a bitch who did this, who did this to her. And Jack's like, it's probably in her head. And Charlie's like. Charlie wants to be her white knight. Yes. Because he's kicking his drug addiction. He wants something to fight for. And he genuinely likes her. So. Uh, And, you know, Claire, obviously, after this doesn't feel safe at the cave, she's going to go back to the beach. Charlie's trying to make her well, stay. And she also hates how dismissive Jack is. Yes. Like, he, she only gets angry and picks up and goes when um, he tries to give her a sedative. Uh, and she's like, nope, you're trying to give me sleeping pills. You're, you're like, I'm, I'm done here. I'm done. It's not safe here. And 
Claire has her lock moment, her uh, don't tell me what to do kind of moment. Yeah, it was. It was very don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. yeah. And she was heading back to the beach. Charlie is coming on strong that of why she should stay. And he's got legitimate reasons. But he is also trying a little uh, uh, too strong, maybe. And Claire does throw it in my, her face, like his face. You just want to rescue me. Yeah, he's putting her up on a little bit of a pedestal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she is pregnant in in the same way that he really couldn't come to Shannon's defense because she didn't need him. He looks at Claire, and even though he there's a lot more genuine love there, um, like he looks at Claire and he's like, yeah, this is something I can fix, something I can rescue, um, because there's something inside him that's broken that he's still working on repairing. In this conversation, he awkwardly drops that he's kicking drugs he's a drug addict so there's like and it's not really addressed beyond that besides her going like really okay get out of here and maybe again this is this seemed like a forced moment like that seemed like a forced sort of reveal like i fucking kick drugs i can do anything i can figure out how to like in no scenario in my mind does that make sense for in in my mind i'm like who says that well that's look that's that's a that's a contrived thing that a lot of of uh, television television does does. uh because i don't think it's totally out of charlie's character in the state he is for things to slip from it's a little awkward but it's not like if there was let's put it this way if there's any character who would do that it's on this show it is charlie that's charlie or hurley charlie um but yeah, this this just seemed to be like the episode of awkward exposition <laughs> or awkwardly delivered exposition. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't have as as much time to like go through the dialogue with a fine tooth comb. I don't know. But just as Claire's, you know, marching off away from Charlie, contractions start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Charlie's there, but she's like, you got to get, you got to get, go get jacked. jacked. And... Although I feel like Charlie was fully prepared. I will just deliver this baby. And she's like, no, get Jack. We need a medical professional. We need the doctor. Not that a medical professional ends up delivering the baby anyway, but that's besides the point. Neither here nor there. So, but uh, Charlie uh, runs off, runs off back. He's heading back towards the cave. Thank God, though, before he even gets there, he sees Ethan. Who we met during the golf episode. And had met again a couple of times earlier this episode. New cast member. And and he's like, Ethan, you got to get Jack. And Ethan's like, okay, and this is great because Charlie can run back. Responsible Ethan is going to go get Jack. And Charlie gets back to Claire. And, you know, the contractions are stopping. And they kind of have this, this... like, oh, it turns out it was probably false labor. False labor. Like, the pain is gone. And she, but she, she's genuinely thankful of Charlie well, in this moment, and too. And it's, it's together where they kind of, where she's explaining, like, what happened, you know, how she got here, you know, a little bit. And this is where, together, they sort of come to the realization that that psychic Wanted her on the... Wanted her yeah. on the island. Like, he knew this plane was going down. He knew that... 
she would end up here. And Charlie believes in psychics. Yeah. He says if he has the gift, which I believe I, I believe some do. I think that's which, what he says. I don't I also don't want to disparage people who are sort of spiritually sensitive in that regard because I, I know a couple of friends who who definitely claim to be uh, spiritually sensitive in that regard. And so I don't want to just dismiss them. But like I, I, I come to things I'm like, I'm certainly not. I you, that's just my world experience. You know, when I'll stop dismissing them when they give me the lottery <laughs> numbers. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't way, work Megan. that way, Will. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so they and they they kind of have this sweet little post false labor moment. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Hurley is doing his census thing. I love I love this. I well, love this so much. You know what? It's so great and I wonder if I mean obviously they had when they created the character of Hurley, Hugo Reyes, they He's like my name's not even Hurley, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> they they clearly had a storyline in mind for him because otherwise they wouldn't have created this character. But I wonder how much of this came once they realized how wonderful Jorge Garcia is just awkwardly interacting with everyone as an actor like he's like kind of per he could you can drop him in with any of these people and because he's just gonna be hurley and he'll deal with the gentleman yeah it's it's kind he's he's so in a weird way he probably has the best chemistry with everybody yeah um in uh how lost should have ended uh Lapidus is like going around and like naming off character traits for these different people and he's like and Hurley Hurley you're you're just the best can, can I hug you <laughs> Hurley's the best uh, Hurley's the best but um in in this moment like I still think that up until um up until this episode my favorite just actor interactions is her you know Hurley and Charlie fishing I still yeah. think that's like my favorite interaction, just like watching them as actors, because well, it doesn't feel like they're acting. Well, that was a very fly on the wall kind of. I, I mean, we've talked about it here. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that obviously that scene must have been improv. Yeah, for sure. You know? it, it's the one that felt like a, a like the most natural, and and Hurley is a big part of that. And so, see, uh, we we talked a little bit about. Um, you know him being able to sort of see this need in the community and i i kind of feel like you know jack and kate and sawyer and saeed they're they're kind of like the quote-unquote and lock the the leaders of the island and they all do their thing they they all do their very specific thing and they do it very well but they're kind of blinded to that community aspect of things like jack's uh really good at the medical stuff and then sawyer can see through people in some regards and there's nothing hurley sets out to do that he doesn't end up accomplishing yeah yeah Uh, and i i I just wish that like now that we know again that jack was never meant to stay with the series for this long it's it's seeing his reluctance to be that leader figure to me plays off completely differently now knowing that that character was never supposed to be there (laughs) um so yeah, Hurley doing this is great. So he goes. Uh, you mentioned the lock interaction. That's one of the first ones we see, and it's <laughs> just this awkward interaction. The, you put the two most socially awkward people in a scene together. That's what you did. It's so freaking funny. 
Uh, he Hurley has three questions he's asking people. He wants their name, their address, and their reason for travel. Um, I loved this this moment because. It's something I, I don't think I, I thought of when um, watching the episode for the first time. But, like, like I don't even think, like, because I, I think when I initially go through a show, like, I always dismiss dream sequences because I'm like, it could be nothing. Um, it could be foreshadowing. It could be just nonsense. Um, and so going back and seeing Locke in the dream sequence and then hearing what he says, he's like, I was looking for something. And then Hurley goes, oh, did you? Did you find it? And he's like, I think it found me. Having that line in the same episode where we see his eyes just black, vacant, marble voids, um, it's it, it's a very different context than the 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 first time through this yeah. series. Um, Something found you, all right, Locke, and it's not a good thing. <laughs> then Hurley goes and talks to Ethan, new cast member of the show and uh they have but he has interest because he's confusing ethan with somebody else lance or something yeah, yeah. he's like no i'm ethan and it's like oh other uh, guys are redhead <laughs> and yeah he goes oh, i'm not i'm no redhead and it's this weird little innocuous interaction yeah. which any innocuous interaction like this means he's completely suspicious we well, should be suspicious well like, I, this I, is the only person besides Locke that we're seeing being interviewed really but well, well we see Boone, Boone and Shannon, Shannon we'll a little bit in a second but yeah. but he basically he also doesn't get the third degree about why he was traveling now Hurley's just like I'm done with the awkward interactions today <laughs> well see that's my question I can't remember if I thought anything of Ethan the first time I watched this and in retrospect if I didn't what was wrong with me because it seems so obvious but then again remember when Lost premiered it wasn't at a time where we were dissecting shows the way we do now well and the other thing is that they they had the foresight to establish him in the episode before so of course and establish that other guy that neurotic Woody Allen guy they if they had only taken the time to establish Ethan um, then he would have stuck out like a sore thumb in this moment. But because they established him and the other guy, and Hurley even makes a big point about how they don't know anybody. And even when he's done with his interaction with Locke, he flags down a random woman, and he's like, I know I already talked to you. I just had to get out of that conversation. Yeah. Um, so for me, they didn't telegraph this. It, it Again, the benefit of hindsight is marvelous. Um, in my mind... To, they introduced him in the perfect way of being able to keep him just under the radar enough for you to still be surprised at the end of this episode. Uh, so kudos, show. I still think you're an asshole, but kudos. <laughs> then he goes to uh, Boone and Shannon, uh, which I thought these were fun interactions that also got a little bit more of Boone. Well, you know, Boone's like, you know, I'm a liberal. And this sounds like he's basically, you know, he doesn't you like... You're going all Patriot Act on yeah, us, yeah, Hurley? Yeah. <laughs> he's got some, like, post-9-11 chip on his shoulder about all this. Which it and, is it is important to remember, like, that this show came out in a post-9-11 world where all of those anxieties were still hitting very close to home. Yeah, this is only, this premiered only three years after. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Shannon, I love that Shannon refers to the caves as the... As the rape caves? I mean... 
I get why she's staying on a the beach. A woman was attacked the night before in a dark, scary cave. Yeah, I'd probably refer to them the, the same way, too. And Boone brings up a, a great point. Why don't you just use the manifest? Like, use the manifest from the uh... flame. And, you know, it's so funny <laughs> that when Hurley started doing the census, I thought he was using the manifest because I remembered that at a certain point he was cross-checking things on the manifest. And But I had forgotten that Sawyer, because, like, who has the manifest? Who do you think? And it's Sawyer. Kudos to Boone for once being helpful. <laughs> this is the first time he's legitimately been helpful. <laughs> hey, if there are people dying on a beach and you need a pen... You get, Boone will get you that pen. I don't need the pen. I need the manifest. <laughs> <laughs> and Boone helped me out right there. Way to go, Boone. If you're drowning in the ocean, then he'll go Boone and drown will himself. Go and, drown himself. <laughs> and prevent help from coming to me. <laughs> and then he'll uh, steal everyone's water. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to the Boone Shen backstory episode. <laughs> oh, um, I can. Because <laughs> uh, I forget a lot. Um, so Sawyer gives Hurley the manifest. He's, uh, he's very, uh, he's very, and he's very, like, he's light and charming about it. Again, I, I love this moment because Hurley's like, you could be a jerk or you could just not. Yeah. And, and like, Hurley, you could use the points. Hurley doesn't have anything to offer Sawyer other than the social brownie points it gives him. And I, I just love that, like, hey, it's this, it's the straightforward, but also, like, hey, like, he, it, this is the first time where somebody comes to Sawyer demanding something, but can actually offer him something mutually beneficial, which is friendship. Yeah. And, and that's not, that, every and time somebody this... comes up to, uh, to Sawyer, they're like, I demand you give me this thing, even though I and have I... no proof that you have it. And I love that. I love the look, Sawyer, the smile, the kind of smirky smile he Ugh. gives her. I mean, cause Saw Sawyer's the Han Solo of this thing, so yeah. I'm thinking smirky smiles. Scoundrel but... with a heart of gold. Yeah. Um, so now Hurley can cross-reference the manifest. Meanwhile, there's a lot of meanwhiles going on, because now we're getting where everything intersects. We're converging a little bit, yeah. Saeed, who's been gone a week, returns, and he's... You know, he's talking about that we're not alone on this island. I, I met stuff. Rousseau, you know. Yeah. I and met the French woman. Around this time, Hurley puts something together. Hmm, everyone, everyone's accounted for this one person was not on the plane. Ethan, our new friend Ethan, was not on the plane. Cut to what I think is for a show with a lot of mysteries and cliffhangers, the best cliffhanger we've had since the pilot. Yes. Ethan, creepy-ass Ethan's there for a Claire and Charlie. Yeah, I, I like, we yeah. were talking about how they, they were basically telegraphing that it's this guy, um, that, like, oh, how did we not see that at the time of this original airing? But I, I legitimately remembered, like, not thinking it was him up until Hurley was like, guys, we have a problem. And the way he approaches Claire and Charlie, it's, it's shot in a very menacing way. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, he and this really is, comes in. The, it's this uh. is after Saeed is like, we're not alone, and after an entire episode of Rousseau just going like, I hear them whispering. And it's, hear them whispering. And it's creepy. Also, you know what? Because we also had this kind of otherworldly psychic stuff going on, there's a there's a creepiness there's, over this whole episode that this builds to at the end. There's something that either, you know, he's very much presented in like a very, like, it, you know, rewind me back to 2004 uh, and I'd be like, yeah, this guy's in like the Silent Hill cult. Like, I, I totally would have bought this guy as like a crazy cult member. Um, and not, not, because what we, what we end up finding out about the others is, isn't necessarily like creepy cult, but like given the supernatural stuff that we've been presented with, like, I'm like, he's either evil, uh, like a demon or a member of a cult. Like that's yeah. kind of where, where, my, or some other supernatural being himself. That's sort of where my mind is at. And I, I gotta tell you, like they did a really excellent job of making this a very menacing cut to Cut to black oh, at yeah. the end of the episode. It was. It was one of the most menacing. Well, and and I will always re- like remember like now this this actor has become in like his face has become burned in my mind. I'm like anytime I see him in anything, I'm like that's the creepy guy from Lost. <laughs> that's creepy Ethan from Lost. Tom Cruise's cousin. Yes, which um, I mentioned last week. What is his William name? William Maypoto. William May Pelto, yep. yep. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Uh, apparently, I the, know all the, the psychic was Nick Jameson. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. So, how did you? Or feel? I guess that was the name of the character. I'm not sure. So, anyway. where where this is the end of the episode. Uh, I feel like uh, you know you've already expressed some annoyance in this, so I feel like you're kind of negative, your dark my, side of the island. My man uh, in black for this one is that this is the first episode that feels manufactured. Um, and yeah, I would say that, like in in terms of the drama, it, it feels manufactured. My my light side, um, definitely that scene with the pen and every moment with Hurley. Uh, well, I was gonna say I'll go different for light with the other. Uh, I won't go with the pen, although I think that's the stronger scene in the episode. But Hurley's ability, Jorge Garcia's ability to just have chemistry with everyone on this show and it's not just these people it's everyone who comes onto the show throughout uh whether it's so even for the rest of the series ben line is anyone who comes on he's has crazy chemistry with nobody has a bad scene with hurley yeah he's one of those uh that is, that is a, in terms of like constants, we were talking about constants earlier uh, before the show. In terms of a sh- constant for this show, I'd say Hurley could be our constant, right? Well, there's a reason the series <laughs> ends the way it does for Hurley. Um, I won't argue with that. And uh, I guess my negative thing is, and I guess this is semi-related to the manufacturing thing, is but the psychic has no ethics. <laughs> I want to, you know That's what? what you're going with? Instead of his plan is just bonkers? I kind of, I wish we had been given one more scene where it turns out that the psychic was evil and that he was just lying to her to, like, manipulate her to get her to the island. Uh, that, to me, is a little bit more satisfying than just, oh, you can't, you can't give this baby up because well, of reasons. We'll see that psychic again. Do we? Yeah, I we do. I legitimately don't remember. We do. Um... 
it's i hope he's evil evil. (laughs) it would make me feel a lot better if he was evil (laughs) well in that case i'll have him go back and rewrite the series Ugh, the series is garbage where he's gonna be a main character oh my god um (laughs) so i almost called you i almost said claire i almost called you claire just now so i want to point out that i look nothing like claire but I, i have claire on the brain so uh megan that's it for this week where can the people find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link. And remember to uh, watch, uh, uh, watch, listen to all the shows on the Podcast Jukebox Network. And please uh, rate our show if you've enjoyed this. Give us a give us a rating. Rate, subscribe. We love hearing from you. I want I want to know how many people are in my corner because most of the people who've reached out to us on social media seem to be in Will's corner. Um, so I want to know how many people are in my corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, it it makes us more searchable if you guys leave a review. Um, and also we just want to hear what you think. Yeah, I want to re uh, relitigate Lost with all of you. We uh, we are both so dead set in our opinions that like. I'm interested hearing Will's opinion, but I also want to know what you guys think to see if, like, I'm alone in my in my screaming into the void. <laughs> but but no joke. It also means a lot for you guys who are reaching out on social media. Like, it's been a lot of fun seeing the people on Twitter, um, you know, follow us and then you know express their excitement about having us cover this show. Um, and if you guys are interested in following us on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at no love lost pod we're also on facebook so until next time see you in another life brother hey everybody thanks for listening to no love lost on the podcast jukebox network Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. And if you guys liked the show that we put on, you might like some of the other shows put on by this lovely network. Um, Off the Cuffs, which is a kink and BDSM podcast, which is very popular. Um, Being There, Will Sean podcast. Will he? Uh, He does. (laughs) Uh, You would know. Drinks with God and Proud to be Kinky. Yeah, so we want to give a big thank you to this network for for supporting us and for giving us a platform to talk about Lost On. So, guys, it would really mean a lot if you would show uh, these other podcasts some love. Yeah, go back, give them a listen. If you like us, you might like them. We're on the same network. Only makes sense. Go listen to them. Give them all five stars. Do that, and then also give us five stars. Yeah, we could use it. (laughs) 